Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. It is Encounter with God time, which means that we're about to get into our Bible study for the day. Let's go to John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. Many of you ever converted anyone? Oh, no. No, don't be silly. (laughs) (laughs) I've had some fun times um, sharing the Bible with people, and that's been really, really cool. And you've led people to Christ? Yes. But... I know for a fact it was not because my Bible skills, Bible skills, Bible skills were tops. I just, you just are studying the word with them, and then you see God start to work on their hearts. Do you feel like sometimes being a Bible worker because you've done how many years in Bible work now? A number of years. Oh yeah, probably a couple. Couple, couple of years, bit. three years. Yeah, three years. But do you ever feel like being a Bible worker, like you're just kind of an observer? Oh, fully. It's like God going, "This is what I'm going to do, and I just really want you to help." Like, you be there, but I'm going to do it. Yep, yep. And yep. it's so humbling and so beautiful. And it also, is. like, what? Like, it's absurd. Uh-huh. Like, we're more of a liability to God, I feel, than a help. But God's like, no, 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 you come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like- <laughs> That's it, exactly. That's just how it goes. Uh, I know that from my own experience, and I've been in ministry for, I don't know, years. Some, lots of years. Long time. Uh, but every time I see someone come to Christ, I feel like an observer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the greatest sort of feeling I get every single time. It's like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Yes. You know, I didn't actually, you, you mm-hmm. feel like as a Bible worker, you feel like you're going to go out there and do something and that when I've done something, there's going to be results. And you share the Bible and people are learning the Bible. And, you know, I do feel like, oh, there goes the phone again. People are, people are calling in for this quiz. <laughs> um, I do feel like... Sometimes I've educated people about the Bible. Mm. Like I, I go away and like, yeah, they know more about the Bible than they used to. But then I see them get converted. I'm like, what just happened? I didn't do that. <laughs> Where did that come from? Mm. You know, I'm actually sitting here reading a story, a, a testimony right now that somebody sent to me during the news break. Oh. And I've just got to share. It's, it's, it's a bit of a sad testimony because this person is not doing well health-wise. Mm. But it's a testimony that goes back many, many years. Uh, there was an older couple that wanted to get married and um, she was a Christian and he was not. Now, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. So I'm like, I don't do weddings when you know one person's a Christian and, one, and the other person is not. And so they were deeply in love with each other. And the guy's like, that's fine. I'll become a Christian. Hmm. And at the time, you know, when somebody professes Christ, who, who am I to judge? Hmm. You know, I can't. I can never judge that kind of thing. You just got to take them at their face value, and so, you know, we've done a few Bible studies together. We've spent some time, you know, looking at the Word and uh, had a baptism, and it was kind of like one of those situations where, in some religions, where you'll see people that want to marry somebody who belongs to that religion, so they'll tick the boxes yes. that they can do the wedding, mm. and that's what it felt like. And this was years ago, like maybe 15 years, I don't know, a long time ago. And I was just like, that was the dodgiest kind of (laughs) conversion I've ever seen. The guy just ticked boxes so that he could marry this girl, you know. Mm -hmm. And within months, he has just grown as a Christian. Uh, He's teaching Bible studies. He is preaching sermons. And he's dedicated his entire life from that point to this. To the service of God. Wow, thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. It's just such an amazing mm. story. And it's like, 
what did I do? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, 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 we, we did the baptism and the wedding. I think I think it was the same day. Wow. Baptism first, wedding second. might have been the day before, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, I, I went away from there. I'm like, well, who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. And the Lord, but in my heart, I was judging. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord yeah, was yeah. like, okay, I got something We're to show human. you. <laughs> let, let me show you something right here. Um, you don't need to be judging because I can do amazing things. And, mm-hmm. and God did amazing things through this guy. And, uh, and, and, and has used him to do a tremendous work for God. Not doing so well right now. You need to be praying for him. Mm. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, the person hasn't given me uh, names to mention, but you can pray for this person because God knows who, who they are and, and their health is um, critical. Absolutely. Critical. They're, they're, they're elderly and their health has never been great. Uh, but they're in a critical position, so please pray for them. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. John chapter 15 is where we are going. John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. This is uh, where our Bible study starts today. So if you are not driving a car, then grab a Bible or pull out your phone and go to John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. Minnie, what have you got for us there? Mm-hmm. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father... The Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Okay. Who is the... What's the word your translation uses there right at the beginning? When helper. The helper. When the helper comes. Okay. Mine says comforter. Hmm. Okay. So this is, this is interesting. Uh, the, helper or, the helper or the comforter... What um, what is the helper or the comforter that is coming that Jesus is talking about? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, it's it's an interesting thing that you know the, the the words helper and comforter because they are obviously you know they go hand in hand. One of them is kind of you know the word comforter. You kind of think of that in the context of times of distress when mm. things are going bad in your life. Helper, on the other hand, can be pretty much any time of your life, can't it? Aye. Mm. It, it, whenever, whenever you need help, uh, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is here. Anyway, so when the Comforter is come, I will send unto you even the Spirit of Truth, which proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. So what is the primary work of the Holy Spirit in this passage right here? To testify of Jesus. To testify of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, Jesus was going away. He's talked to his disciples, uh, you know, maybe 10 minutes before this about the fact that he's going away, that they can't go where he's coming. Mm. They're very distressed by that. And so he really does launch into a fairly significant passage, which is all about the Holy Spirit and the coming of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit will do. Uh, John 14, verse 26. So we've done 15, 26. Now go 14, 26. Let's see what the Holy Spirit does here. Do you want to read? Yep, go for it, Minnie. Um, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. Okay, so what's the Holy Spirit doing here? Just bringing back to mind what Jesus already... He's reminding you of stuff, isn't he? Yeah. He's teaching and then reminding. Mm. Yep. And that's really amazing. That's, uh, That's fantastic. 
that we have that blessing because sometimes I don't know about you, but I sort of sit around and think, you know, you know what? I wish Jesus was here right now <laughs> just so I could ask him, you know, a couple of these questions because this is like a really tough one. I don't understand this one in the Bible. Yes. And it was just like, okay, you, you've been there too? Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus is, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Mm. What I, one of the things I think that Jesus is doing here is that he is requiring us to use our brains. Yes. As human beings, we're not so keen on using our brains. <laughs> we, we tend to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't make me lose my brain. Just give me a list of yep. tick boxes. Just tell me. So I want to do. Yeah, just tell that. me. Yep. And, and often I have people come to me and they've got these questions on subjects that they're just like, just, just you know, like music, for instance. Mm-hmm. I'll bring this one up as an example. Mm-hmm. And they're like, just give me a black and white line in the sand. Nice and clear. This, this music is bad. That music is good. Mm. You know? Now, how am I supposed to do that? Mm. I know nothing about music to begin with. But secondly, there is no black and white line in the sand that the Bible gives as to what music is good and what music is bad. Yes. You can read the Bible from one end to the other. The Bible doesn't say, okay, when you cross this particular line right here, you go from bad to good. Yes. <laughs> the Bible in- does indicate that, yes, there is good music and, yes, there is bad music. Mm. And, you know, my standard reply to that one has been, go home, get on your knees and surrender your life to God. Yes. When you know that you are fully surrendered to God, then pray about your music and when you've done that, then go through your music collection and you will know. Mm. You will know what to throw out. You will know what to keep. I won't have to tell you because the Holy Spirit is there. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You will know what music you shouldn't keep and what is inappropriate. And it's one of those things that has never failed for any individual. Mm-hmm. But so often it's like, oh, no, don't make me go and do that. Just, just, just tell me. Just, just, just tell me already. Yeah. And uh, no such thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very different to relationship where God is working on your heart. You know, you can do that's the right, right thing for the right thing's sake, and that's still a good thing. Yeah. But that's very different to an actual encounter with God. There's no relationship mm. in a, um, a, a sheet of tick boxes. Yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Mm. That's just um, instructions. Yes. And God does give instructions, but God also wants us to have a relationship. He wants us to engage with him. He wants to engage with us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you think of the difference between the, di- the two different experiences. Let's say that the Bible gave a, a line in the sand. Somebody comes to me and says, okay, where is the line on music? And I say, here is the line on music. And they go, great. They go home and they go through their music collection and, 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 and they're going through all of their, you know, their Spotify or whatever it might be. And it's like, okay, delete that one, keep that one, delete, da, 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 da. okay, I've ticked that box and they get back into their life. Mm-hmm. Compare that with somebody who goes home and gets on their knees and surrenders their life to God and relies solely on God and surrenders themselves prays about you know the issue that they have in their life, gets up from their knees and then works through and God is actually speaking to them and as they're doing it. You know, that's that is a relationship. Yeah. Fully. Tick boxes are not relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Bible says the Holy Spirit will guide you, He will teach you. The Bible says you will hear a voice behind you saying 
you know, whether you turn to the right or to the left, mm. and when we go through life, we have lots of those turns. You've had a few of those turns, many. I've had a few of those turns. Um, and it's like, okay, where do I go next? Where is my cloud going to move next? Yeah. And the Bible says, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the path. Mm. Walk, Walk in it. it. And I've got to tell you that, you know, even just like random things, you know, last year, Shell's been living in Australia for, you know, 20 some years, 25 years, whatever. And so last year she randomly like, yeah, you know what, I should get my citizenship. And so she does. And if she hadn't done that, we wouldn't have been available to buy a house in February. Um, She wouldn't have been able to travel to the United States to see her father a couple of weeks ago. If she had traveled, she wouldn't have been able to come back to Australia. Um, and, you know, it would have cost us, you know, thousands of dollars. Just, you know, just small random things. And you sort of you look back on it and go, that wasn't random. That yeah. was God at work. <laughs> Fully. That was God doing something really amazing right there. And sometimes it can even be a really hard decision you have to make. Like, I mean, for me at the start of the year, oh, I did not want to come back from New Zealand. I just didn't. Yep. You know, for like months, I was like, no, Jesus. Uh, and then I did. And it's just like you said. All these factors lined up that I was like, whoa, that was a sneaky Jesus moment right there. It was, absolutely. Okay, it's got great, uh, great messages coming through here. Um, love those sneaky Jesus moments. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Where were we up to? We were in John 14, 14 26. 26. Yes. Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Yes. Uh, let's go to John 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. Okay. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Okay. So he's going to teach us all truth here. It says he will guide us in truth. Mm. What's the difference between teaching and guiding? One's more explicit. Yeah. Okay, so you're training to be a teacher right now. Yes. So when you go into the classroom, whatever, then you're going to have a class full of students and your aim is for those students to come out with more knowledge than they go in with. Mm -hmm. Okay, but what if you then go on, okay, this is good, but I'm going to become a life coach. Okay, yep. What's the difference there? My understanding of life coaching, I just don't know that much, is like you're trying to ask questions to help the person get to the conclusion. Yep. Is that right? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> but life coach is also something where you're actually going to give guidance rather than teaching. Yeah. Yep. Teaching is giving information. Guidance is giving direction. Mm. There's, there's, there's a lot of crossover <laughs> between the two. I'm, I'm probably trying to split hairs here this morning. No, I got you. I got you. Uh, but one is one sort of starts you on your way. Yes. And then uh, the other one is keeps you on your way. Mm. So, for instance, if you look at it like, say, what the Bible says in Psalms 119, where it says, you know, your word is a light unto my feet and a light to my path. Mm. A lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And if we if we imagine the Christian journey as being a path, the teaching gets you onto the path. It's like, okay, there's a path over there, you need to be on it. So the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit comes and says, there's a path, it's a great path, go and jump on that path. Yes. <laughs> so you go over there, you're on the path, and they're like, great, what do I do now? Well, the path was never designed to be stood on. Mm-hmm. You don't build a path so people can go and stand on it. There. Yeah. You build a path so that they can walk on it. 
and let's say that you're walking along the path and it gets a bit dark, whatever, then you need some extra light to guide you Mm. so you stay on the path. And so guidance and teaching, they're related to each other. Yes. They're probably inseparable from each other, but they are doing kind of two different functions because, you know, when you've got a classroom of students, you're giving them information so that they, you know, they come out of the classroom, they've got more information than when they went in. But you've also got a bunch of young lives that you're going to guide through mm. this particular period of their life. And so, I, you know, the work of a school teacher is not that dissimilar in some ways to the work of the Holy Spirit, just not on the same level. <laughs> so long as you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, then you mm. can really fulfill that particular calling. Um, and this is why Jesus says, walk while you have the light, mm. unless you walk in darkness, you basically fall off the path. Absolutely. No, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Lyle. Praise the Lord. The- <laughs> God is good. All right, one more function of the Holy Spirit we're going to look at. Uh, chapter 16, verse 7 and 8. Okay. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So in verse 8, what is the Holy Spirit doing here? Mm, Convicting. Of? Sin and righteousness and judgment. Ever had that happen? Mm. Yeah, (laughs) we've all had that happen a few times. Okay, so let's go back to our analogy of the path. The Holy Spirit comes to you and says, there's a great path here. He's teaching you. Mm-hmm. You get on the path. Great. You start walking down the path. Uh, the Holy Spirit says, let me guide you so that you stay on the path. Good. Now, whether you turn to the left or to the right, the Holy Spirit is guiding you. Yes. And then the Holy Spirit says, go left. And you go right. <laughs> and you fall off the path. Mm. What does the Holy Spirit do? Does the Holy Spirit give up and go, oh, man, he fell off the path. She fell off the path. Uh They've fallen down, way down the bottom of that cliff there. Look at that. What a a pity. I wish they had stayed on the path. Mm. Is that what the Holy Spirit does? No. No. This is where that conviction comes in. That's right. That's where Mm. the Holy Spirit goes down to the bottom of the cliff and it's like, okay, you're beaten, battered and bruised and sin didn't do you a whole lot of good. It was Mm. promising you lots of good things. Mm. Um, And, you know, the excitement of falling down here may have been exciting, but it was pretty brief excitement. Bit of an adrenaline rush, but Mm. then it's all over. Now look where you are. Uh, you might think about getting back on the path again. Yes. Yep. You know what, You know that Bible verse that says pride comes before a fall? Yes. So I pride is a real thing for me, just going <laughs> to call it. But the, the Good sti- to know you're a human. <laughs> the stitch up with pride is like what you're just saying, while you're falling, it'll tell you you're flying. You know, And then when you like crash, you're like, oh, <laughs> I like the way you put it there. That's what while it is. While you're falling, it tells you you're, you're flying. flying. Yeah. Just like we, oh dear, this is bad. <laughs> but yeah, and that's exactly well. In my experience, yeah, Holy Spirit is so loving and rebuking and beautiful to be like, okay, we have some work to do. Um, but it's yeah. yeah, jumping off off a cliff doesn't kill you. Mm. It's the landing that does. Mm. That's a really good illustration. That's next time. I hope I need to pray that next time pride gives me grief that I remember this illustration that it's like, okay, you're not actually flying. Mm, mm-hmm. You're actually crashing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of hard rocks at the bottom and you're going to end up on those. Yeah, good illustration right there. Okay, so let's put the whole thing together now. What you've got is the Holy Spirit is your connection with God. Yes. And it's kind of like the only connection with God that we have. 
you know, you take away the Holy Spirit and you now no longer have someone who's going to say there's a good path over there, go get on it. Mm. If you are on the path, take away the Holy Spirit, you now ha- no longer have someone who's going to shine a light on the path so you can see where it's going. So you're in danger of falling off and you will fall off. It's inevitable that you'll fall off. <clears throat> Reminds me of a story I'll share it in just a moment. Um, and without the Holy Spirit, you know, if you do fall off, there's nobody there to get you back on. Mm. Cut the Holy Spirit out of the equation. You've cut yourself off from God. Yeah. I remember um, I used to, when I was at college, I had a push bike that I used to ride back to the dorm. The dorm was on the other side of the campus. And it went. Th- the, the, there was a road that went through the bush. And I had no headlight. And you could do it at <laughs> night by looking up. Ah, and you just make sure you're in the middle of the gap in the trees, which mm. worked perfectly. I go flat chap as fast as I could down this hill, gap in the trees right there, and uh, just looking straight up worked really well until there was about three of my classmates one night with black overcoats. Oh no, <laughs> walking back to the door, <laughs> and I collected them all. Um, and, and you know, a story that has always reminded me: I need the Holy Spirit to shine a light on my mm. path. Riding around in the dark is not such a great idea. Mm. I, I felt like I was flying. <laughs> but really? <laughs> I wasn't. I was crashing. Uh, we also had somebody who texted through earlier. And I, I knew there was something I missed in the last section. We were talking about music mm-hmm. and how the Holy Spirit can guide us in relationship to what is appropriate music and what isn't. And uh, um, one of our listeners has texted through to state that, uh, is is the music you listen to sounding like the word of God or the devil? And that's a really good mm. test right there. So just stop and ask yourself the question as you're listening to a piece of music, is this the word of God or the word of Satan? Mm. Which one? And then flick it or keep it accordingly once you've surrendered yourself to God in prayer. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good way of uh, of choosing music. 